welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housley. And I'm James Marriott. So, two games, um, one win, one defeat. Very mixed week, but when's the end outside of the relegation zone? So, overall, I mean, I guess we've got a classic has been a pretty good week. I think we said last week that, you know, three points was the absolute minimum that would be uh, acceptable. But, you know, we, we, we're there. We've got those three points. We've got to start discussing the Millwall game, which started all right and ended up being a bit of a disaster. Yeah, that's a fair way of, of, of putting it. I think that um, the, the only sort of 35, 40 minutes at Millwall, I thought were really encouraging. Wednesday were well on top. Um, th- there's a tweet that's obviously done the rounds from me of where I completely jinxed Wednesday, didn't I, by saying how uh, dreadful Millwall. And they were. I, I was around in the press box, all the sort of Millwall media press and they were saying exactly the same of uh you know they were talking about oh my god we're going to get dragged into a relegation battle here aren't we you know horrendous and terrible and all this that and the other and and Wednesday needed a second goal they didn't get it and then um the game completely turned didn't it on Jerry Pellipessi giving that penalty away and, and from that moment on Wednesday never really recovered I thought maybe at half time they might be able to regroup and uh, sort of wrestle back some control it didn't happen uh, Neil Thompson made the tactical change too didn't he where he took Matt Penny off who had a bit of a stinker he wasn't he wasn't the only one who struggled a bit on the day um but yeah it made no difference and uh, and then they score the second third goals and quick su- succession and it, we, we have seen that before haven't we really of um the the collapse uh that sort of nature from wednesday where you, you do question at times the mental strength the mental fragility of this group we've talked so much about that over the last two years um, and we thought maybe actually there were signs of improvement on that score under Neil Thompson. But yeah, we've now seen um, in the two defeats they've had under Neil Thompson against Coventry and Millwall. Yeah, we've seen you know, some really disappointing performances. But yeah, I still think that, yeah, the positives clearly far outweigh the negatives when you look at it. They've got five wins out of seven in the league under Neil Thompson. And I think we all would have taken that over the festive period. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it was a funny game, wasn't it? Because it did feel like Wednesday were on top for such a long time. And then I also look back and think, there were quite a few good saves by Kieran Westwood as well. Like, that could have been... If, if we were having one of those days where everything Millwall hit went in, that could have been, like, cricket score stuff, couldn't it? I think what we have to talk about is... Uh, you know, a few of the individuals from there, you mentioned West, Westwood. I'll come on to him in a sec. I think with Pelly Pessy, um, I know we're, we'll get on to Wickham shortly. You know, he was left out of that one. And, and really, I think maybe it was time to give him a breather. I, I looked at it actually at Millwall and thought he was having a very decent match. You know, I turned to somebody in the press boxes and, thought, and said the same that I actually thought he was doing a pretty good job in midfield. Uh, and then he completely blotted his copybook with it, it was a reckless and daft challenge. It really was, you know. It was like he lost all bearings of where he was on the football pitch, which just shouldn't happen. And and he got way too tight 
to Ryan Leonard. Uh, and, and then, yeah, he makes a daft decision in bringing him down. Uh, and in fact, it was actually the second penalty, of course, that Wednesday's given away in a couple of days, you know, Sam Hutchinson at Bournemouth. So, Joey Pellipessi isn't alone in making, you know, a rash decision on the football pitch. But that one was costly, whereas it wasn't at Bournemouth. So, that's why people have ended up, again, criticising Pellipessi. And he's an easy target. We know that. You know, he, he's often made the scapegoat. He's almost sort of replaced what Morgan Fox was from a few years ago. It seems like Pellipessi, really, in the eyes of many Wednesday fans, he, you know, he can do little right. Um, so, I, I have some sympathy for him. And then, Kieran Westwood, you, you, you mentioned it before. Yeah, he pulled off two cracking saves. Um, when it was one all, and you're thinking, oh, Wednesday, you know, they might ride the luck here and come away with a result. And then you look at the second and third goals, and I think they will fall into the category of Kieran Westwood should have done better on both of them. The second one, I'd cut him some slack in that it the, it was chucking it down with the, the rain, greasy surface. The defending was appalling. Yeah, Ryan, yeah, sorry, Scott Malone doing a Paul Gascoigne very good impersonation from Euro 96 there with his juggling skills and everything. But it should never have got to him being 10 yards out and having a shot on his weaker foot. Uh, but yeah, Westwood will be disappointed. But the third goal, yeah, I, I think that was a miscalculation uh, where the ball's looped over him. So yeah, you know, I think that, yeah, on a couple of individuals that I've highlighted there, um, yeah, mixed days, I would say. It was. I mean, look, there were there were a few players that looked tired, and it felt like uh, Wednesday got to a certain point and kind of ran out of steam, and that means that the performance kind of collapsed. Um, and they played a lot of games, and so you know, in my mind, I'm kind of thinking, you know, do we? Is it fair for us to sit here and kind of like psychoanalyze every player's performance, or actually, is it just one of those where you go, right, okay, look, in the great scheme of things, you've kind of got to write it off, but. Something that still worries me, you mentioned there about that's two penalties that we've um, given away in a couple of games now. And there are still those little little themes that have been running through this season of silly defensive errors, but quite critical ones. So, you know, really bad fouls in, in dangerous situations, not just giving away penalties. Even against Wickham, we saw a couple of times players lunging in, making challenges and giving away, um, you know, to, I, no disrespect to Wickham here, that, you know, they're not a great team. But if you're playing someone else, you've got a really good chance of being punished from those kind of positions. And we've seen it earlier in the season with sendings off, um, I don't know how our disciplinary record ranks in the championship, but it's got to be there or thereabouts as the as the worst. Um, and that's a theme that's been running right through the season, and that's with three different managers. So it, it, it's there. It, there are concerns that we we've seen in the in a couple of games a slip back towards that after it kind of leveled out just a little bit. It's it's kind of going back towards that that way and. What that means is that you know this is a team that will give away goals, and there's no getting away from 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 that. And and that I, I can't see that I, I, anything that makes me think, oh, that's going to stop now. It looks like that that theme will continue now through the rest of the season, which is a problem because it means that you know there will be games like Millwall where it's like, all right, we're one nil up, we've got a chance of winning, and then that self destruct thing kicks in and we end up losing the game 4-1 which happened almost in the blink of an eye didn't it it was it felt like well this is going all right we, we you know we've got a good chance of getting three points out of this the league table looks really good to suddenly like all right a point's not bad to suddenly like this is a disaster and 
it just seemed to happen really, really quickly. And it is that self-destruct button. It was a big talking point, and uh, you mentioned it before, James, about the team selection and how Neil Thompson, after back-to-back wins, really good victories against Preston Bournemouth, he only made the one change. Uh, and and I, I thought it was right to bring Shea Dunkley back in from the start ahead of the Zazi Rigidi. I don't think many people would have disagreed with that. And actually, in the team that I sort of predicted or thought that might play at Millwall, uh, we didn't know about, at that point, Massimo Luongo's latest setback by injury. We don't know still at this point how long that's going to keep him out of action. And the other change I was maybe uh, pushing for was to perhaps give Jordan Rhodes a start after scoring at Bournemouth. But yeah, yeah, fatigue absolutely um, played a part, it did. And I I think maybe that was a lesson for Neil Thompson with the relentless and unforgiving nature of the fixtures right now, that perhaps he should have maybe made a couple of more changes to that team. And that, yeah, you know, the fatigue and tiredness, it did catch up with them. I think undoubtedly, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. And, you know, and he flagged that himself afterwards, Neil Thompson. And um, yeah, I think that's what, what I like about Neil Thompson is just, it's, um, he's, he's very direct and um, open and uh, there's no jargon that we've heard from previous Wednesday managers without naming names over the years. Uh, who, um, you know, he just tells it as it is. Um, and he admitted that Wednesday was second best. And I think yeah, people can relate to that um, as at least, you know, he's not trying to pull the wool over people's eyes. Uh, you know, he recognised that, you know, Wednesday, when you're looking at creativity and everything, I can't think of a single chance they created second half at Millwall. They ran out of steam and, yeah, they were blown away in the end. And the key is that that can't happen again this season. And, you know, they've got to be made of sterner stuff when there is adversity. And there still is, on a similar theme, James, there's, just, there's still that statistic too of for Wednesday this season of where that first goal is crucial because the 12 times they've gone behind in a match, they haven't even got a point. So it's it's that imperative when Wednesday being a fairly low-scoring team, that first goal is huge for Wednesday psychologically as they know that they may it's that it's that resilience that you need down there. But right now the statistics, they don't make great reading for when Wednesday go behind in a match. No, it, it's um, it's interesting this this season that you know th- th- so many kind of stats and things that kind of leap out at you, um, and yet you know ultimately for for all that and and Neil Thompson saying you know whatever he said after the Millwall game, it, it really came down to talking on the pitch, didn't it? Because that that Wickham game started to just look so ridiculously critical and you kind of think all right you know psychologically this is really really big that there is pressure you know there's no there's no fans in the ground so you don't necessarily get pressure there but the the pressure that will have been on the team realizing that you know losing that to Wickham would in a lot of people's minds you'd sort of think maybe that's it maybe this team's just not going to have enough to get out of this 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 season so it was just super super important and all in all 
Reminded me in a very strange way, actually, of that Wickham game on the last day of the season back in whatever it was, 2011, when Wednesday needed to get that that win to seal promotion and did you know, quite a professional job. It sort of felt very similar in terms of the fact that Wednesday seemed to handle that pressure pretty well. They, they did the job. They got the goals. They got the the win. Wickham, obviously, you know, you can see where, where they fall short and... Uh, you know, mathematically they can still get out of it, but it looks like it's pretty much all over for for Wickham now, doesn't it? But even then, you know, you kind of take a step back from that game and think, tell you what, they had a pretty good penalty shout in there. Was it one nil? Um, and and that might have yeah. changed the complexion of that um, game. The pitch was a right mess. I don't know what difference that makes to it, but all that doesn't kind of doesn't matter, does it? You know, you've got to ride those things. You've got to get the win, and they did. They did, uh, and you're right. It was goalless when they have that penalty shout. That's it. That, again, it's a huge moment. I, you know, I've still not actually seen a replay of that back, but uh, yeah, to me, that looked as if yeah, Kadeem Harris committed a foul, and then we, you know, the press spoke to Kadeem Harris afterwards, and he had this big smile on his face when I asked him about that incident, and and he knew he knew that that was a penalty. Uh, I think deep down, uh, and if Wickham had scored first. Yeah, for what I said before on the statistic of Wednesday coming back in matches, you could imagine the pressure. It would have been seriously cranked up. Um, but yeah, I think they got rubber the green with the decision. And um, yeah, in really difficult conditions, you know. And I actually think we've got to praise the groundsman. I know that uh, there have been on social media some criticism for Wednesday, the pitch and the state of it. But actually, you know, with all the heavy snow that we've had in Sheffield, uh, over the last week or two, uh, I, you know, I thought actually the pitch you know, played as well as it could have done really on, on on Tuesday and Wednesday. They made the four changes, and I think it made a huge difference. And, and actually, something that we've got to highlight, um, and it's only right to do so, is that you know, Neil Thompson was brave. He went for it with the attacking lineup, sacrificing what you would say are two more defensive-minded wing-backs in Liam Palmer and Matt Penny and going for Adam Reach. And for me, Adam Reach, keep him there. Keep him at left wing-back. That's his position. That's where he's going to do the most damage um, and he's going to make the biggest contribution for Wednesday. He's the best crosser that they've got at the football club. He can still chip in with goals, as we saw the other night. So for me... None of this moving him inside and into central midfield where I think he can drift in and out of matches. Just keep him there. And Kadeem Harris, that's the best Kadeem Harris has played in a long time. Maybe this season. Um, you know, I thought, he, you know, Neil Thompson said he was unplayable at times and I wouldn't disagree with him. And it was a lovely ball in for uh, a trademark Jordan Rhodes header, wasn't it? it uh, rolling back the ears. And uh, that's now... Two in a week for Jordan Rhodes, um, and and I'm I'm still sticking by what I said last week, James, of where let's give this a bit more time before we make a full on judgment of Jordan Rhodes. But what I will say is, and I don't know if you, I'm not sure that's it. what you said, Dom. I'm pretty I sure think that you is said what I said. Jordan Rhodes will keep Wednesday up. New contract, forty-seven million pounds a week. I think is what you said, something along those lines. Yeah, you're misquoting me again there, aren't you, Maria? You're good at doing that. But I tell you, I do think he um, he looks more mobile to me. He looks like That's maybe it. he's actually lost, I don't know, he's maybe lost a little bit of weight. He seems to be getting around the pitch a bit better and sharper and fitter. I, 
and I, I, I just think there's a there's this difference in him certainly that I think people have noticed, um, and long may that continue. Something's changed, hasn't it? Because he does look—he looks sharper, and and that. I don't know if that is physical or whether it's whether it's psychological. Whether there's just something that, you know, just a switch, or or you know, if he if he's had you know some something that's kind of held him back for the last couple of seasons, that you know it feels like he's shaken that off, and um, he he's getting into those positions that some of us have said for years that, you know, if you play Jordan Rhodes, if you play the right balls and he'll get goals and that's now happening. Like, you know, he's finding the space. It was, it was a clever little header that one on, on, on Tuesday night. Um, and, and actually, you know, exactly the same as Bournemouth last week, whereby, you know, he, he, he makes the leap at exactly the right time and it's an unstoppable, um, header. And, and, you know, that clever play that you get from Jordan Rhodes, we're, we're seeing, and, you know, a, a lot of people say it's too little, too late and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we, we, we signed Jordan Rhodes as as the guy to get us over the line to get into the Premier League, but you know maybe he's going to turn out to be the guy that keeps us in the Championship after all um, after all this. But um, yeah, I mean uh, the, across the park, some some great performances. We saw Sam Hutchinson move back into midfield after kind of playing as um, a third centre back for for his games so far back at, at Wednesday. Um, and uh, yeah, what did you make of, of Hutch in midfield? I thought he was steady, nothing flashy, um, and I, I need to check, but I'm pretty sure I don't think Sam Hutchinson has been booked so far, has he? I don't think he's picked up a yellow card since returning to Wednesday. Um, but what is it? I think he's now played, is it five in a row, six in a row? And for everybody who was doubting and questioning his fitness and whether he'd be able to come in and make an impact, well, the fact that he's been able to play centre half where I think overall he's done quite well um, if, you, if you take the Bournemouth penalty moment out of the equation and then in midfield I, I, I feel right now that, that actually it's still maybe in defence where Wednesday need him more for me with the injuries that Wednesday've got you know with there being no Dominic Ioff uh, Julian Berners form has been very up and down Joost van Aken still out. So I, I really think that um, for covers, Hutchinson's needed more in defence right now than what he is actually in midfield. But it's great for Wednesday that he's so adaptable and that can play multiple positions. I, I actually thought that the midfielder who caught my eye the most the other night, I don't know if you'd agree, was Liam Shaw. For Liam Shaw came back into the team, and there were some really like neat touches. And for that Callum Patterson chance in the first half, you know the you know that ability outside of the right foot where he's played it down the line to a, you know Adam Reach. You know it was only a twenty thirty yard pass, but not many players I would suggest in Wednesday's team are capable or could have done that. You know the technique still to play that pass, and we saw it throughout the evening that there were just lots of neat touches and and you could tell that the instruction from Neil Thompson to Liam Shaw and he mentioned it afterwards too was to say you've got license to bomb forward he wants Liam Shaw in the 3-5-2 to be the box-to-box midfielder and that's for me when I've seen him for the under 23 so much over the years that's his best position and the fact and the other thing that Liam Shaw brings is that physicality um, he's a point of difference in midfield to, to the other players that Wednesday have in there. And I thought that his fresh legs and energy, that definitely played a big part in the win the other night as well. 
So as we uh, as we stand now, then the championship table insanely tight at the at the bottom, and it really has kind of tightened up. And it's looked like some teams dropping away and then pulling things back. You know, Wickham now what twelve points from safety, and and just not they're not winning games. So you know, we 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 pretty much kind of forget about them for now. You've got Birmingham on twenty eight. You've got Derby on twenty eight. Wednesday on twenty eight. Rotherham on twenty nine. Um, You've then got a, a bit of a gap to Coventry on 31, and then, yeah, 32, 33, 33, 34. It, it's just insanely tight, isn't it? You've even got teams like pretty much mid-table. A couple of games could get kind of dragged into this at the at the bottom. Um, this is a completely pointless comment, but I can't help thinking it where I look at the table and just think, all those games that Wednesday have lost to those teams around them, even if they were draws, how different that table would look like that defeat at Rotherham that defeat at Coventry it's dead frustrating looking back it really is it is yeah that was a a costly week as we know and and yeah in effect all Wednesday've done is they've kept themselves you know in the in the picture there to get out of trouble uh, rather than pull clear you would think yeah. when you get when you win five out of seven that that would be you know some serious daylight between you and the bottom three uh, what I will say on the positive for Wednesday is what they've done by getting 15 points from the last seven matches in the championship is they've dragged other teams into it. So it's it's Birmingham who are now second from bottom. I think they've won one of the last 11. You know, So that their form has fallen off a cliff. You've got um, Huddersfield as well, who've not won this calendar year. And uh, I think there's a five-point gap at the moment between... Wednesday and Huddersfield. So, and with Wednesday's home form, four wins in a row. Oh, sorry, five wins in a row. Uh, I beg your pardon. Uh, you know that should give Wednesday a lot of confidence too. Um, but it was so imperative they won the other night, James, um, for the simple fact that you do look at you know the teams coming up: Swansea, Stoke, and Brentford. That's three of the next four. So. They are real toughies, um, and that's that's for me what made Wickham huge. That they had to get back on track. They absolutely had to, you know. And I think if we're, I think if they lost or drawn against Wickham, we might be having a different conversation here. Of where you you do wonder if maybe Dapon Chancery perhaps would have been thinking, I need to make a managerial change now. I, I think there maybe would have been some question marks. Which would have been incredibly harsh, actually, on the record that you look at with Neil Thompson and how he's done. But you know, for the situation Wednesday in with eighteen matches to go, if they'd not beaten Wickham, have only won three times all season, I think serious questions would have been asked. And 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 rightly so, because you know it is because it's so tight there. There isn't really room, is there, to to kind of mess up those must win games and we were doing earlier in the season and you know at least now we're getting the results that we need from those games which is a positive i mean you look at the week that's that's coming up if we include both saturdays then swansea at home um and birmingham at home and then in the middle of those you've got stoke away now you know right now what's that five wins in a row at hillsborough first time in a decade or whatever it is then um you know i'm not sure there's any reason for us to fear teams at, at Hillsborough right now, which is compared to probably even two months ago, the conversations we were having about Wednesday's form at Hillsborough is just insane as to how much better that's um, that's got. Um, Stoke, uh, who've had a, a bit of a topsy-turvy 
season. They tend to have little runs of good form. Um, that's going to be a difficult game. Out of those three games, if Wednesday got six points, that's not going to be a bad return. A bad return? It'd be an excellent return. I'd, uh, yeah, snap your but hands do you off any, right do, now, James. Do you, do you see any reason for Wednesday to fear playing anyone at, at yeah, Hillsborough? I mean, that, Bur- that Birmingham yeah. game is another one of those that, yeah. you know, it's got little lights around it about how big yeah. that game yeah. is. But similarly, you know, Swansea are all right. They're having a decent season. But you know, we've we've shown in the last few games that actually we, we can beat anyone at home. Well, also, I think what we have to remember too when we're looking for grounds for optimism, James, is that Wednesday drew at Swansea earlier in the season. Yeah, I know things have changed since then. They've, they've also drawn with Stoke. And I actually think some of the better performances this season for Wednesday have been against the top teams too. So the, the double over Bournemouth, uh, Norwich away, where they should have got something. Um, so I, I see no reason why, yeah, you know, Wednesday, with the home form they're in, I could see Wednesday getting something against Swansea, you know, if they turn up, play to the maximum. Swansea's got really good players and they're having a great season. And, it, and you, know, you would think that right now that it'd be a big surprise if they don't finish in the top six this season. And, and actually, they're pushing for the top two. Um, so it's going to be a big test, without a doubt. And a really good footballing side. And Stoke, Stephen Fletcher, Morgan Fox... Um, the talent they've got, really, they should be, for me, pushing and, and have done better than what they have done. They've drawn a lot of matches this season. Their form, they've fluctuated a lot, but it's still going to be a tough test for Wednesday. And their away forms, you do look at it, the away form hasn't been brilliant um, in general. So you would take a draw, I think, at Stoke. Right now, I think a lot of people would say that that would be a positive result for Wednesday. But yeah, from the next three matches, if they got four four points or more, I think would be a great return and you know keep them in a in a pretty decent position uh, for when the fixtures um, start to maybe get a little bit kinder again. Normally, this stage of the season, you start thinking about and talking about there's normally a team that's been kind of like knocking around the bottom three that starts to put together a decent run and, and pull out of it. Um, it's a different feeling season this season. I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure whether that's even mathematically possible because everyone's got to play everyone else. And, you know, in the space of a couple of games, everything can sort of change. But there is that opportunity, isn't there, for a team just to put together a run that that kind of starts to lift them out of it. And um, I think in my mind, I'm just hoping that that, that team is um, is Wednesday. Um, right, a bit of a Groundhog Day conversation here because um, I'm not sure either of us will say anything different to last week, but still no change on the managerial situation and still doesn't feel like there's any need for any change in the managerial situation to me. Are we sticking by what we said last week? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, if if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And um, you, you do, you know, there's part of me that thinks you'd like clarity, and I'm sure Neil Thompson would if you asked him privately. That um, you know, I think Neil Thompson is doing a really good job um, when you look when you think of the uncertainty, and uh, you know, there was still another manager linked with the position only last week, and there's still lots of rumours swirling around. And so I, I think you really have to take your hat off and give lots of credit to Neil Thompson for all the outside noise him and the players I think have done exceptionally well to block out and just get on with the job of getting points on the board 
Yeah, totally agree with uh, agree with that. Um, so only really one other piece of news this week. Um, so I almost don't really want to talk about, but you know, officially, you know, the 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 fact of the matter is that there has been a takeover bid for Sheffield Wednesday, um, and you know, this is like you know, I've I've got a bit of money in the bank. If I tabled a bid of two hundred and fifty pounds to buy Sheffield Wednesday, then factually, it would be correct to say that I have made a takeover bid. It would be laughable, but you know, technically, it, it would be reported as being a takeover bid, and it feels a little bit like this. Well, yeah, um, this, I think, in the six years of Dave Ponchanceri having bought the club and, and being owner, I think this is actually the first takeover bid from uh, an official party that's sort of come to light. I can't think of another offer from um, anyone else where this has been discussed. And I think that the cynics out there would say, well, that's that's a lot to do with the Eric Alonso um, PR charm, charm offensive, whatever you want to call it, the PR machine that he's been on in general, hasn't he, for the last couple of months? Uh, and and it seems as though uh, he he's looking to invest in another football club. Uh, him and his Indonesian backers, and yeah, there was a bid that was what table between sort of twenty five to thirty million last week. Um, but when you, when you look at it and you see that, you know, Chan Siri paid £37.5 for the club six years ago, and then that's before you get into the stadium sale. Um, money is invested in training ground, players, wages. It doesn't really scratch the surface at all. So, I, I to me, I, it just all came across as a cheeky, bid there um, and it keeps Alonso sort of there doesn't it people talking about him and it, and it appears that he's maybe moving on to looking at Derby um, or, or yeah, I've also heard Cardiff mentioned you know as other clubs that you know he, it's clear that him and his backers they're looking to you know invest in a football club but yeah i whether um, another get a bid gets put on the table or not um we'll have to see but yeah i i think i mean it's just complete non starter that bid and for everything that you said before james i get i get the impression i know he's had a he's had a hard time of 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 late and a very topsy-turvy time at, at Wednesday generally. I still get the impression that Chancery doesn't seem in any particular rush to sell up, doesn't seem any less passionate uh, about it, despite the circumstances. When I hear him speak, you know, he still holds these very long um, press briefings and stuff like that, and that they're not the signs of someone that's ready to move on. I agree, yeah, I think so. Uh- now, everything that I've heard this week, I, there's no intention for him whatsoever to sell up. And I think it would take an unbelievable offer for him to you know, even consider um, you know, looking to you know, hand the club over. And, and I still think that you know, it comes back to you know, what he said years ago and he's reiterated since that. I think he still wants to give the club in the future to his son out. I think that you know, he still wants to keep it in the family. So I I, I, no, I, I, I think... Um, it's all sort of been very convenient, really. This hasn't it? That um, you know that uh, we, we've got wind of 
um, a bid has been lodged, but there's been other offers that have been tabled down the years. We just haven't heard about them. That you know, there have been other yeah. parties that have wanted to take over Sheffield Wednesday. However, we've heard about this one, and I think that's largely due to uh, it. It maybe serves the interests of the party that have put the bid on yeah. the table. Which is poor, really, because you know you don't conduct business like this in public unless you've got, um, I have to say, ulterior motives. Unless it's about publicity rather than a genuine um, desire to strike a deal, because clearly anyone would see looking at it on paper. Well, that's not that's not an offer that's going to get considered. Um, you know, if I did offer two hundred and fifty pounds to buy Sheffield Wednesday, it's not because I genuinely think a deal is going to be done. It's because I think, oh, let's see whether or not this gets in the press or something. You know, it's 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 a it's a bit daft, and you're right in terms of you know a, a kind of cynic's opinion on it. But actually, it, it's hard to look at it and think, oh, well, that's obviously like a serious bid to buy the club because you wouldn't want it to get out into the public domain. You know, you want you want negotiations and discussions and stuff to take place you know, quietly behind closed doors and see whether a deal can be done. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see whether or not there is a, a follow-up offer or, or what ends up um, happening um, there. Um, Dom, I've made a critical error, and it's a while since I've made um, an error of this scale on this podcast, which is that I didn't make a note of the question and answer you gave for Wednesday picks last week. Now, I think it was, will Sheffield Wednesday score in the second half? Yeah, I think it was too. Yeah, uh, I, can't, I can't remember your answer. I think... uh, no, I can't remember my answer too. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, I, I think I said no. I don't think I. I, 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 I have I a feeling you said no because yeah. the majority of people have voted yes. Yeah. Um, so let's assume that we both remember that correctly, uh, and you'd actually be right then. So this is one that you've got right. Well, who? Well, it was long overdue, wasn't it? I, I'm going to demand a recount on this because I, I need to go back and listen to it to make absolutely, absolutely sure, which I normally do. Stop actually, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're gonna we're gonna give it we're gonna give him this one then. So uh, Dom's finally got a Wednesday picks right. Well done. Uh, right, that's going to wrap us up then for this week. You can catch Dom at Dom House and I'm at James Marriott, or contact the show at Dom and James. Uh, don't forget to check out our goal partners, Taito Law Solicitors, at titolaw.co.uk. And, of course, Wednesday picks at another £1,000 in the kitty this weekend, available to download and play now. Thank you for joining us. If you like singing the blues, please rate and review the show in your podcast app. Up the owls and see you next week. 